0: Pastor's Heart and Dominic Steele here and David and Kathy Thurston are with me today and uh, we're thinking about managing your own household and uh, how we can actually do better ourselves in ministry and so be then better able to pastor the flock that God has given us. Uh, We're asking for your assistance though first. Uh, We'd appreciate it if you could let friends know about the Pastor's Heart. If you've got a peer in ministry, uh, perhaps you enjoy this discussion, want to let them know and they might benefit as well. Uh, You could share it on Facebook hey, here's a thing. It would be great if you subscribed. If you're on the Apple device, it's bit.ly slash thepastorsapple. If you're on an Android device, it's bit.ly slash thepastorsandroid. Uh, if you're on Spotify, bit.ly slash thepastorsspotify. And we're increasingly encouraged by the number of people who have signed up on YouTube. And to do that, it's bit.ly slash thepastorsyoutube. Uh, now, David and Kathy Thurston, thanks so much for... Uh, for coming in to, Great to be here. talk to us from Queensland, Queensland, QLD. Although we used to be next door neighbours, yes, yes. um, in fact, David and I used to see each other sometimes at um, a kids' sport on Saturday mornings. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely. So Stanmore
1: and Five Dog are our uh, uh, most recent homes.
0: Yeah,
2: um, the move to Queensland—what brought it about? Well, uh, we were uh, thinking after 33 years of ministry, pastoral Mm -hmm. ministry, um, that we would like to be doing something that was different. And uh, we'd been doing some work in mentoring and Kath had been doing some work in consultancy, church consultancy. Mm -hmm. And we were talking to Steve Cree about the possibility of doing something somewhere else. And he said, well, how about we manufacture a job for you? Mm -hmm. And so he invited us to uh, do a... A new ministry out of Creek Road or Living Church now called um, Church to Church.
0: Yeah, and before we talk about the future, let's talk about the past a little mentoring. And one of the things I read was 80 people you've mentored over 33 years. Just um, what does it look like to me? I mean, mentoring is a topic that I've kind of wanted to do on the pastor's heart, but we haven't actually got to it yet. So just kind of nibble around that area for us. Yeah.
1: Well, I can start off by telling you a bit about our own experience. Mm-hmm. So out of college, uh, we had uh, five years in the country between mm-hmm. Wagga and Albury in a little town called Hinty. Yep. So in the Presbyterian system, most of the guys would exit to a country placement. And that's a very isolating experience. Mm. And I think that um, uh, most young guys in their first parish would find that both isolating from family and also from their colleagues. And that was certainly our experience. So we were finding ways to keep up with our college friends that were in the Riverina at the time. Um, I,
0: heard, I heard somebody say, and I think they were a little bit cynical, if, but if, if you're out there on your own and you're struggling and you're thinking, I'm hoping the cavalry will come, don't worry, yes, it won't. They won't come. <laughs> they won't come.
1: So finding ways of keeping up with colleagues and managing family extended family from a distance without support um, yeah, that's, that's a challenge. So when we came back to Sydney, we, we started to um, have theological students coming to our church mm-hmm. to train. And we loved that. We loved yep. um, sharing our lives with them. We had small children at the time and um, we just found uh, we would spend time talking to them about mm-hmm. our own experiences in ministry. And that led to then uh, more students coming to um, share time with us in church and we loved being able to talk, Dave sharing with the guys and me meeting with the wives. So that's how that number of people has uh, developed since 1990 when we came back to Sydney.
0: And and, and what kind of
2: continued
0: relationship
2: have you had with them, Dave? Uh, Well, it depends on the person. Mm. Uh, So there's always an open invitation that if ever they find themselves wanting to have a chat on the phone, they can. Mm -hmm. can just pick it up. Uh, and possibly um, if they're finding themselves out of uh, depth just to have a conversation partner, uh, somebody who's got a a few more scars than they do (laughs) and uh, to be able to talk about that and we talk about especially them in that situation and uh, what it means to be a Christ-like leader uh, within a church in that sort of situation and maybe what are some outcomes that... Uh, they can uh, they can work on and what are some sometimes strategies that they can adopt? So it's mentoring. Uh, I th- I think we've got a tighter definition than what we had when we were back in the Parramatta days. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly uh, it's that it's wanting to pass on to uh, younger people, younger persons in ministry, um, experience, but also sharing out of your own brokenness. So one of the things that Cath. And I, uh, it hasn't always been uh, easy um, being in ministry. Mm. And I mean, that's actually one of our touch
0: points in the pastor's heart. That um, we we try to drill down on what God has done in your heart um, mm. in the journey of Christian ministry. Mm. And so, t- do you want to share maybe a, an episode, a season in life that's been a complex journey that God has led you through? Yeah.
2: Uh, there's lots of them. Um, Look, I would say that um, probably one of the most difficult times uh, and was one of the most joyful times was at the Church of Parramatta. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless that in all sorts of extraordinary ways. Uh, our first week we had 30 people. Uh, the next week we had 13. So it was a little bit of an Irish revival, really. It sort of went backwards. So, so was this a church
0: plant? Or was yes. So ta- it yeah, well... Yeah, yeah church okay. plant. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um... And we grew to about 200 very quickly. We we're all, all the leadership was about 30. Um, and I think one of the things that happens is we didn't understand the nature of how, of how church size changes what you do. Mm. And there are a whole bunch of tensions that invaded um, that situation. And in the end, it ended up with um, us taking another position mm-hmm. rather than... Uh, stay in all the pain uh, we, uh, we opted to go somewhere else that was a very big learning time and the, and the time after that there was lots of pain there, there had to be a lot of self-reflection there had to be a lot of understanding and and basically after that I said, look I'm never going to do church planning ever ever again and three years later we did central Sydney yeah so but yeah
0: take us back to some of the learning points I mean like what would you what would you say? to David, um, Mm. uh, who was planning a church at Parramatta, if you could just have warned him on on two or three things, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Look, this sounds a little self-serving, but I'll say it anyway. Somebody asked me a similar question about three weeks ago. I think what I needed was I needed a mentor. Mm -hmm. I needed somebody who had been through those sorts of experiences and somebody who could say... Have you thought about the fact that this might not be about you and it mightn't be a power play that's going on? And even if it is, um, you need to approach this very differently. You need to calm who you are in Christ. You need to understand that this is not about you, um, that you need to be somebody who is able to speak into this situation in a very different way. I was. uh, I've been a, a depressive since I was 13 um uh, it's a little bit like being an alcoholic I can say I'm, I'm a depressive but I haven't been depressed for 15 years or something mm-hmm. like that but I think I was highly anxious in that situation I was I was wanting to make sure that uh, I was going to be seen to be successful mm. and uh, that all went to hell in a hat box really so I think having somebody who was able to speak into that situation say look What's really going on here for you? And here's a way of approaching this in a way that you're going to have to grow up in Christ. You're going to have to admit that there are buttons and there are hooks that you have that sin grabs a hold of. And you need to, to look at this and and by the Spirit's power deal with this if you're going to continue to lead this well. So I think... Having somebody who was had the wisdom to speak into the young David Thurston, the brash um, David Thurston, At thirty, you should be brash and you should be trying to do that, but somebody who could uh, say, "Can we just slow down? Can we remember what you're here for? God, God uses this to mature you. God uses this to grow you up in Jesus." Um, I just wanted to solve the problem and come up with a new strategy to fix it all up. Mm. And that's not the way God works. Mm. Yeah. Looking back, Kathy, what are your reflections there
0: of what was going on?
1: I would say that um, I think we're in a very different position now from where we were. That was our 96. Mm. Um, not us, but in terms of um, our church community being aware of... Um, the the sorts of ways that ministry is a difficult job Mm. um these days i think hopefully we have a lot more help available Mm. to people in that very situation both understanding um the church dynamic sort of thing but also not being so judgmental of people who are struggling and not feeling that we need to be independent of others and um just portraying
2: an, an external yeah. thing.
1: We don't want to admit that we're actually not coping. That we have problems. We don't know what to do. We're more eager, hopefully, to ask for help. But I think there is more help out there as well. And I think there are people who both have skills and um, who, who are wanting to help, who are wanting to step in and walk alongside us, so that we can learn from the experience and actually um, go on. And continue and persevere in ministry because that's the thing that we've seen over many years that when um, young guys have struck a problem, Mm. um, either from lack of um, training or just lack of skills or experience, they've actually fallen out of ministry. Mm. And there was no need for that to happen but there wasn't someone who could help them to see a way forward, um, to walk through it, to learn from it and to be able to keep going. Mm
0: -hmm. David? I wasn't planning to go down this line, and I didn't know that you were going to take us to this topic. But if I could just push you on that a little bit more, because a lot of people have grown churches to just under two hundred yeah. and then floundered, yep. you know, and not known how to get mm. past. Sure. And and so, from hindsight, we'd say, Looking from the outside, sure. from just what you've told us now, you'd say, well, it's, it's it's normal to not know what to do when you get to mm. 180 yeah. you know, mm. and yeah. for things to kind of. Not work. Not work. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the, yeah. Um, uh, what what would you be advised... I mean, and there'd be people listening to us now who, who are stuck at 100... A lot of people listening to us now who are stuck at 180,
2: sure. do you know, and can't break through that 200 barrier. Yeah. And so what would you say? Well, I think it's first of all understanding that size does matter um, and it mattered in the early church and uh, it matters today. And... The most dangerous thing to do is as you're moving through those different sizes, as you're growing, whether it's growing up or growing down, Mm -hmm. to recognise that those shifts in size requires a shift in the way that you behave, a shift in the way you communicate, a shift in all all sorts of things. So I think uh, within that Prezi situation, it certainly meant a different role for myself and a different role for the leadership And, in fact, breaking that 200 barrier, if we talk Mm. about it like that, all the other changes moving from a family to a pastor size, so the program size thing is around about that 200 to 350, and then the corporate, and, of course, there's other ones now that people Mm. have come up with. Uh, The really interesting thing about that is that is the hardest barrier to break. That barrier, Mm. because you have to change two things. The pastor has to change the way he operates and the church has to change the way it operates. And it's the most frequently failed-out hurdle because it's requiring two changes at the same time. And I think you get this, this twisting that can occur at that time. So if you're not really sure of what's going on, then you're not able to alert people and lead people into the process of change that does need to take place. So what would your adv- advice be? To, to give, give me the advice to the pastor
0: and then give me the advice that the pastor should be educating the church on. Mm.
2: So I think what uh, the pastor needs to do is he does need to uh, understand how size does change the way Uh, communications happen within the church and also his ability to pastor people. Mm. Um, It's a very different situation moving from the 150 through to the 350. It's impossible to be able to be directly involved pastorally with all of those people. For a lot of ministers, a lot of pastors... Mm. They don't want to lose that connection, mm. and so while, and you can see that yep. if I can just speak into your life a little bit, yep,
0: like um, a comment on your Facebook post or whatever it is, you know, then I just I just hold on to that little bit of connection mm. with you. Mm. Yeah.
1: Mm. So that I would say the first thing you'd want to do is to find someone who can walk through yes. with
2: the mm-hmm. pastor
1: to help them do that. But I guess the primary question is, do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, so the pastor needs to be committed to that. Does and the if church not, want to do does it? Does the church want to do it? That's right, yeah. because uh, there's
0: well, been... you, you, in the end you've got to persuade the church to do it. Don't you do. You? You, 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 I mean, every, everybody will say in principle I want to, but I keep reverting to the fact that. I want to be close to the pastor. Yes. Yeah. But there
1: are choices because the choice would be you could perhaps then um, split and do two smaller congregations. So mm-hmm. there are options. That's up to the, to the congregation. You can decide which way they want to go, but both need to understand what the choices are and mm-hmm. what the implications for them are. But growth
2: groups are going to need to change. Pastoral yes. care is going to need mm-hmm. to change. So what Kathy's saying about getting somebody who's been there and transitioned that's the best conversation Mm. to have with anybody. You can grab a book. There are lots of good books about it. But having the conversation with a real-life situation, a real-life person where you can say, well, I'm bumping up against this. And that's kind of what you're doing in this Church to
0: Church, isn't it? So just Mm. tell us what you're doing now and what is this Church to Church?
1: Okay, so um, Church to Church is a new ministry out of Living Church in Brisbane and they've been developing resources there over many years and came to the point where they want to share those resources. Mm-hmm. But as we talked further, we wanted to not just um, provide resources but also provide support mm. for the use of those resources. So the package, um, our main goal is working with partner churches who then um, will be sharing our resources. So that means they'll be preaching uh, the same preaching series. Preaching and We, we talked to, to Steve Crea yep. right. a while ago. That's right, preaching preaching yes. and they're part of the team preaching mm-hmm. program. Um, but along with that, we want to provide the pastoral couple with mentoring. So that Dave mentors the husband, the pastor, and I mentor the wife.
0: And, and what's and, it look like? So, so, yeah. so um, somebody who's part of this, I mean, you've been doing it for a year now, mm-hmm. so you've, you obviously start with the first person and now mm-hmm. you've got 20 or, so,
2: I don't know how many. But We've um, got
1: five partner churches. Yeah. Yeah, but that's made up of nine couples mm-hmm. that we're working with. Um, and
2: Kath's uh, mentoring. Landscape. What, 15? Yeah. Um, yeah, so out some outside of that network mm-hmm. as well. Outside yeah. that network, yeah. right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So mentoring women in ministry, mm-hmm. what, what's it, what do you do? You so I think
1: um, one of the really uh, first places to start is we use the John Mark Ministry model of um, mentoring mm-hmm. and um, that is a model where the mentoree, we call them, the mm-hmm. person being mentored, um, sets the... Um, the curriculum, if you like, there is not a, a formal curriculum. Uh-huh. They set that depending on what they want to do in the sessions. Um, and we meet, meet with them for 10 one-and-a-half-hour sessions over the year. Right. So most of our um, uh, partner couples are outside Brisbane. In fact, uh-huh. they all are outside uh-huh. Brisbane. So we do that over Skype or FaceTime and then we try and see them once a term face-to-face.
0: Right. Mm. Cool okay um, in your little bio notes it had I'm caring for the spiritual emotional relational and theological health of mm. the person um, as I think spiritual health I'm, I'm, I, my, my, my mind goes to I'm thinking of women and men who've got theology degrees have we worked within ministry who now no longer would hold the faith of Jesus mm. you know and um, <coughs> uh, I imagine you've been in and 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 yet, they probably were working out they didn't hold the faith of Jesus anymore while they had a pastoral job. Yeah, I imagine you've had some complex conversations
2: in mm. those areas. Yeah, um, I think I think there's a jo- there needs to be a joining with the spiritual and the emotional. I mm-hmm. mean, it's we we are integrated beings. Yep, and we've got to bring those things together. Uh, there's a fellow uh, called Peter Sciasero, and he says. I think this is absolutely true. You cannot be spiritually mature while being emotionally immature. You actually need the two that mm-hmm. go together. And so, part of it, part of the conversation that you have, as that we have with our uh, mentees, is working out what God's doing in their life, and what the painful experiences are, or what the uh, hassles are that they're having. And actually digging down there and finding out where they need to grow up. Mm-hmm. And they normally don't come to us for mentoring unless they are keen on growing up, even if it's painful. And mm. and there's always growing pains in this sort of stuff. In terms of <coughs> people who are moving out of ministry, sometimes you don't know who they are. But I've had a few people who have said after a year or so, they they've said to me, if we hadn't have done this, we would probably be out of ministry by this yeah. stage. Yeah. So you, I tend to know after the fact yeah. rather than before.
0: So that's great in that you've been
2: doing preventative medicine. Yes. So that's fantastic. And that's yeah. the most important medicine yeah. to do, I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's um, it's good to triage. It's good when there's an emergency. You sort of get them uh, heart pumping and they're able to sort of then move on to better better care. But preventative medicine is wonderful.
0: Mm. And the emotional health, I mean, yeah, that's, so, I'm mean, i sure that's something you've been talking to lots of women yeah, about. Lots yeah, lots of women.
1: And I think that's um, understanding um, the focus of mentoring is really important. I think that would be the question that most people ask us, you know, what? It, it, how's mentoring different from coaching? Mm. And um, I guess what we would like to say is that with mentoring, our focus is on building godly Christian character mm-hmm. and... Um, we would see coaching as more based around um, skill training. Mm-hmm. But so um, Dave does a lot more uh, talking to pastors about the skills because you're talking about what is happening on the mm. ground and how they're going to manage that. But we don't want to lose the primary focus, which is growing God's who are character. you before
0: God. Exactly. Yes, yeah. And,
1: you know, um, women say to me that there is no one else that they have those conversations with, which we sort of think that's really sad mm. because... Do, do you not have uh, a Christian friend that you can be talking about mm. your relationship with God or your spouse? And a lot of them don't have that. Mm. And, uh... well,
0: it's the complexity of. Um, I'm imagining. Well, I would say for me, um, one of the lines I've had is, when I think about what to share with you, I'm thinking, will it help you grow in Jesus? Mm. Do you know, and if I think this story, this struggle that I'm potentially going to share with you is not going to help you grow in Jesus, mm. then I'm going to keep it to myself, yeah. you know. Mm. And, and I, I would think that's a fairly frequent pattern of behaviour for those of us in Christian ministry, you know. Mm. Um, but then I do need somebody a bit older and wiser who is not going to be damaged by me sharing this story mm. with, for me to share that story with and ask them to help me grow in Jesus through, ask mm. me to help me grow in Jesus. Do you want to bounce around
2: with that? Yeah, I think there's a number, th- number of things there. Uh, one of the really important things, and, and, and I believe sharing stories is an important mm. part of it, an equally important part of it is actually asking really good questions mm. that open up a topic. Um, I think that oftentimes what happens in ministry is that we do have a sense of having to feel like we have to keep it all together and we... we, we re- We have a sense of we've got to keep it together for other people looking on. To be able to ask questions that open a person up that then allows them to see inconsistencies, Mm -hmm. immaturities, um, reactivity that comes from their past Mm -hmm. or from past hurts or whatever it is, suddenly allows a space for the spirit to do his work and... Uh, to be able to have those conversations where maybe sharing a story might actually work. Mm. that So they go, OK, you've gone through this as well and you haven't died from it. Um, OK, so let's talk about that a little bit more. So I can see the super
0: helpfulness of um, being able to share that story with a mentor. Um, or if, although if I go back to you at Parramatta, yeah. um, you're probably not going to be feeling vulnerable to share that story with one of the people you're in conflict with in the leadership group at the church.
2: You know... Um, I, I burned out at Parramatta. Oh, look, I, I should say, Parramatta was an extraordinary experience. We loved Parramatta, mm-hmm. so it was very painful leaving Parramatta. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really didn't share much of what was going on uh, at all because we didn't want to divide a church that we had worked so hard to and build. God had blessed so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's still going, and uh, praise God for that. Um uh, no, you, it, it's one of those things when you've been injured, you don't feel like being vulnerable again, mm. and um, which is yeah. actually a
0: difficulty in preaching, because I find the best preaching is when I am vulnerable, mm, yes. and yet um, the. I mean, our church is going really well at the moment, but there was a season nine years ago when we were having that rocky time, yep. um, and. I definitely was finding it extremely difficult to be vulnerable in the pulpit when yes. I was feeling that was conflict all around yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, but
1: I think when you um, choose to confront whatever that is that's going on at the time and um, work through that and are able then to look back, you're in a different position mm. to be vulnerable and also to be able to share the things that you've learnt from that. Mm. So hence the importance of actually not... Um, at not burying what it is that is the, the difficulty in yourself or the sinful behaviour or, mm. or the um, the family of origin and stuff that you don't want mm. to deal with. Um, because to push through that and to see um, God being able to meet you there and mm. in his power transform you, that um, has so much potential then for you being able to both share a different relationship with God but also um, a different Um, part of yourself with your congregation I think Mm. that's really important Mm. yeah Yeah.
0: thanks so much for coming in to talk to us pleasure David and Kathy Thurston have been my guests on the pastor's heart and uh, they're a church to church and uh, we will put a link to their website in the notes below this video